What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. To the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having an outstanding start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, as well as the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta, and actually the latest from Florida. That is correct. So every year, it seems as if once the Super Bowl is officially over and done, people can honestly say that baseball season is right around the corner. Well, in this situation, it literally was the next day. The Super Bowl, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and their fan base, by the way. But the Super Bowl ended on Sunday, and then yesterday, Monday, February the 13th, pitchers and catchers across baseball officially reported to spring training. But the exciting thing, the exciting thing for Braves fans is that it just was not pitchers and catchers that reported yesterday, February the 13th. It was some pretty notable position player names as well. And of course, that starts with the fact that both Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies were in camp working out on Monday and both looked Healthy, it both looked obviously energized and ready to take on the work that needs to be done to get ready for uh, the 2023 season. But of course, there are many different storylines to follow this spring training, and that's what we'll be focusing on over the next few weeks when it comes to the Daily Hammer. Battery Power site manager Chris Willis offered a great article yesterday looking at the many storylines that will be you know, the most uh, interesting to follow, most intriguing to follow for much of spring training for the Braves. And of course, the health and the return to full form of Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies certainly are near the top of that list. But one of the other main storylines that will be very interesting to follow is how the Braves starting pitching staff will eventually evolve into form as spring training goes on. Now, what I mean by that is, is that, you know, we, we, we know, <laughs> we have a good understanding of kind of how the hierarchy of the Braves staff is going to work. The ace is Max Reed. That's your number one starter. Number two starter will be Spencer Strider. Number three starter will likely be Charlie Morton. Number four starter will be Kyle Wright. Now, you take those four pitchers, you take the top four pitchers in the Braves rotation, and you put them up against the other 
MLB rotations. You take the Braves' top four starters and put them against other MLB teams' top four starters, it's pretty favorable. The Braves have one of the strongest top four of a starting rotation in baseball. There's a lot of outlets, a lot of national media that I think would agree with that from their assessment of the Braves as well. And then after that, and then after that, you've got your options for the fifth starter spot as well as depth at the top of the rotation in AAA. Obviously, Michael Soroka, yes, he goes by Michael now instead of Mike. Michael Soroka and Ian Anderson are likely going to battle it out for the quote-unquote fifth starter position. And then you've got Bryce Elder and Kobe Allard who likely will be top options from AAA. But the thing that stands out is this. When I say about the evolve, the evolution into form of the starting rotation is that obviously, you know, in a traditional sense, you're going to have your five starters. That typically is the go-to formation of the starting rotation that a lot of teams around Major League Baseball adopt. But you know that we've ta- it's been talked about, you know, in recent years. Many teams have adapted it in some way, shape, or form during the season. The Braves even did it at times, you know, last year. They've done it before. They talked about it last year before spring training as well. But there is, I think, some validity and there is credibility to the idea of going with a six-man rotation for the Braves, especially when you consider a few factors from last year and this year that would really be supported by a six-man rotation. Now, the reasons why last year it may make sense to go with the six-man rotation this year is the same reason why the Braves use Bryce Elder and Kyle Muller, who now is with the Oakland Athletics, from the Sean Murphy trade. Last year, the Braves, in my opinion, did a very good job of managing their rotation, giving their arms an extra day or two of rest by inserting Muller or Bryce Elder into the rotation to take a spot start that would extend out the rotation in preparation for, just to be honest, a more competitive series. That's why you saw Bryce Elder take on the Marlins many times, or you know, several times at the end of last season. And he did a pretty manageable job, you know, in those opportunities. But going into this year, but going into the playoffs last year, the reason why going with the six-man rotation to start this season, is that last year we saw how a full season impacted, just like it does for many teams, impacted the Braves' starting rotation. We know that Max Freed struggled in September, obviously struggled in Game 1 of the Divisional Series. Now, that may have been more because he was not feeling well versus the fact that he was fatigued from out the, from throughout the season. But at the end of the day, he was not in top four. Spencer Strider, who had been spectacular as a rookie, he unfortunately suffered an oblique injury in mid-September, and he came back for the first time in three weeks and pitched against the Phillies, and though he was good for the first two innings, unfortunately, he could not find his form, and it led to a less-than-ideal start in the playoffs. So the Braves do have a, a little bit you know, of, of incentive of doing what they can to start this season by limiting the innings of their starting pitchers because of what happened at the end of last year. The other thing is, is that going into this season, there are some legitimate questions about that top four of the rotation. Now, you feel strong about Max Freed. 
He's been able, he's done this before, he's done this for years, served as the ace, has done very well in the playoffs, regular season, against other teams' top aces. You know that he can handle the workload moving forward. But for Charlie Morton, who was much more up and down last year than he had been in previous seasons, he's entering his age 39 season. What is going to be the consistency we see from him, or is there going to be more of an up and down performance in terms of his overall production? Also, at the age of 39, are we potentially going to see at some point in time a relevant injury that may keep him out of the rotation? Those questions become more valid to ask each year that he gets closer to 40. For Spencer Strider and Kyle Wright, not only are they coming off years in which both pitchers had breakout performances, so you start to ask, you know, okay, is the sustainability there for both of those pitches, but also pitchers, but also they're coming off the biggest work workload of their careers. Could they potentially run into some type of fatigue? We know that Kyle Wright did run into fatigue at the end of last year that the Braves had to manage through. So you've already got questions about the top four of your rotation that you want to rely on. There obviously are also questions about Mike Soroka, who when he takes the mound at some point in 2023, it'll be the first time he's taken a major league mound in two and a half years. Ian Anderson was up and down last year with his inconsistency. It led to him, unfortunately, losing his rotation spot, and he ended the season on the injured list as well. So there are plenty of relevant questions when it comes to the Braves' top four and when it comes to their fifth starter spots. And then the other thing that you have to consider beyond some relevant questions is the fact that the Braves have a very, very congested schedule to start the season. They have a lot of games with just a few off days for basically the first, you know, nearly month and a half. Vadim Sprit, you know him as is uh, Ivan the Great uh, from, from BatteryPower.com. He pointed out that the Braves don't have a lot of off days to start the season. So a six-man rotation makes sense. A lot of times you'll see, you know, teams, we know that the Braves have done it for years, they're able to kind of manage their rotation, especially if a starting pitching option is coming out of spring training with a bit of an injury concern. Based off off days that are available, Major League teams can kind of, uh, you know, customize their rotation to where they may only need four starters through the first few weeks of the season. Well, for the Braves, that customization availability may not be there due to the lack of off days. So a six-man rotation probably makes some sense. And at the end of the day, the reason why a six-man rotation makes sense, in my opinion, beyond anything else, beyond limiting the innings, of, of each of your starters beyond allowing for you to be able to manage, you know, the, the lack of off days. The other thing that it does is it allows for the Braves to get a full understanding of how both Mike Soroka and Ian Anderson are going to be able to perform in the 2023 season. I'm not necessarily saying that the Braves are going to be able to keep a six-man rotation in place for 2023, but at the very least, they have plenty of incentive I've given a few starts to both Mike Soroka and Ian Anderson to start out the year to see where each of those players truly are. You hope that both have returned to form, both have returned to being the significant talents they have shown they can be on the mound in previous years. So while much will be made about which starter 
may eventually lock down a spot in the rotation. I think that that conversation, I think that, you know, if you want to call it a competition, that's fine. But I think that that narrative goes well into the season. And the Braves have every reason to want to be able to use a six-man rotation to be able to make sure that they're not only putting the best starting five out there each and every week, you know, that they go through the rotation, but they're also doing it in a way in which they can keep their starters fresh because they certainly want to be as fresh and healthy as possible when it comes to their arms going into the 2023 playoffs, which obviously is the goal for this season. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. So with pitchers and catchers now reporting to spring training, and obviously spring training itself officially getting underway, spring training, you know, some may consider that not officially starting until actual spring training games occur, but, you know, just for the sake of, you know, ease, we'll, we'll call it spring training. But pitchers and catchers reported yesterday, February the 13th, all position players uh, will be in camp by Thursday, February the 16th. And so what to look forward to over the next few weeks is obviously, you know, reports of how, you know, <laughs> many various players may look obviously in the best shape of their life season is here as well. I know that we get several uh, Twitter updates uh, on on an annual basis of players who are, who are coming into camp looking the best that they have in their careers. And of course, also it's, it's time, you know, to update, you know, when there potentially is going to be, you know, a concern for injury that may not have been there during the offseason, may not have been known until a certain player reported to camp for a team. So while there's not a lot of game action going on, obviously, as of yet, there still is the opportunity to get updates on exactly how players are looking and making sure that health is in the best position that it can be. But for the Braves specifically, another fun development for Monday is that the Atlanta Braves organization announced that Chipper Jones, obviously legendary third baseman, Hall of Fame third baseman, I'll be honest, my favorite player of all time, he will be with the Braves in a hitting coach consultant role that he served in 2021. He will be back on the Braves coaching staff for the 2023 season. And of course, that, you know, certainly comes with a lot of positivity because when it comes to, you know, the Braves young position players being able to have, you know, the daily tutelage of, you know, Kevin Seitzer, who's been outstanding in his role as hitting coach uh, with the Braves. And then, of course, Chipper Jones with all the success that he had at the major league level. A lot of good opinions, a lot of good knowledge there. So exciting to see that Chipper is back in a significant role with the Braves coaching staff. But of course, Monday also brought with it a few notable rules updates that continue to make 2023 very intriguing with several new rules that are going to impact the style of play. Now, in the case of what was announced on Monday... It wasn't really anything new, like the pitch clock or the bigger bases or, you know, banning the shift that we're seeing in 2023. It was basically making permanent the aspect of extra innings where there will be an extra runner 
on second base. Obviously, that was a, a new wrinkle, a new addition to extra innings in baseball that was introduced in 2020 as a way to prevent games from, you know, being prolonged, a way to, you know, prevent games from going too long to, you know, do whatever baseball could at the time to prevent exposure, you know, to, you know, during the pandemic. But that eventually led to that aspect of extra innings being a part of baseball in 2021 and 2022 on a temporary basis. But now in 2023 and beyond, it actually has been voted in. It was voted in unanimously as a permanent part of extra innings. Now, I'll be honest. I certainly can understand, you know, from a baseball purist standpoint, in a traditional sense, having the runner on second base, it could be a bit frustrating. And let's be honest, as Braves fans, the Braves have not had that much success in extra innings with the runner on second base. So they did get a little bit better last year than they were in 2021. But the idea of putting the runner on second base is to prevent games from going a, you know, absurdly long duration, 17, 18, 19 innings, and it having a huge impact on the availability of arms on a roster, you know, for several days. So from that aspect, I certainly do get it. I understand the aspect of wanting to do what can be done to make it to where a team is not severely impacted from an arms availability standpoint from several for several days. Though, you know, at the end of the day, you know, still, you know, getting back to where, you know, it's it's just playing regular baseball in extra innings, that has some appeal as well. So really there's there's you know, pros and cons of, of applying the extra runner on second base aspect of things in extra innings, but at the end of the day, it probably does make sense, and from a franchise standpoint, it's probably a bit of relief in that you're going to see a lot of games that could go 15, 16, 17 innings, perhaps only go 11 to 12 with the runner on second, but the big difference between this year and the previous years is that that is now in place for 2023 and beyond. Of course, the other thing that came out on Monday, maybe not necessarily as notable as the second, uh, the runner on second base role, but Major League Baseball also came out and put in place new parameters, new guidelines of when a position player can actually be used during a game to pitch. You know, over the past several years, some of the more fun moments have been when. MLB veterans a lot of times, a lot of times the scenario you'll see is that, you know, either a team will be, you know, they'll be losing by a lot of runs or they'll be up by a lot of runs and then they'll put in a player to pitch. A lot of times it'll be a major league veteran. Sometimes it will be, you know, an MLB legend. Like last year, for instance, we saw Albert Pujols, you know, be one who took them out for a Cardinals in a blowout game. But the point of it is, is that when it comes to position players, a lot of times teams in, in a game that was not close, they would put a position player into pitch as a way to be able to save arms moving forward. Well, now Major League Baseball has come out and said, okay, that's fine, but it only can be in certain situations. Those situations are as follows. A position player can be used by a team in extra innings. If a game, you know, like we just discussed, if a game does for some reason get into the teams, 13, 14, 15 innings, and a team just has to use a position player to pitch, a position player is eligible to pitch in any game that goes into extra innings. But the only time, or the only few times, 
moving forward in 2023 that a position player can pitch in a game that is still nine innings or less, it's only in the ninth inning. If a team is trailing by eight or more runs, they can use a position player to pitch. If a team is ahead by 10 or more runs, they can use a position player to pitch. That's the only scenario in which a position player, or the only scenarios where a position player can pitch for a major league team if the game is not in extra innings. Now, it may come across as these guidelines could be a bit unnecessary, and, and I get it. You know, at the end of the day, when it comes to when made, when position players were being used nearly every single time, it was these criterias were being met. The game was already clearly out of hand. But Major League Baseball putting in parameters now, you know it was going to happen at some point, but at the very least, they're put they're they're at least still allowing for there to be opportunities for position players to pitch. Because at the end of the day, it's fun. You know, that's that's the thing about position players pitching. If you're going to throw out, for instance, if the Braves are going to throw out Travis Darnot to the mound to throw pitches to the opposing team, the game is already no longer competitive for whatever reason. So some may think that these rules, that the you know position player pitching rules may be unnecessary, but at the end of the day, it's just baseball setting some guidelines in place to make sure that teams only are using position players to pitch when the game is out of hand. So, you know, to each their own. No, no, no big deal when it comes to, you know, the new stipulations, but it is relevant in the fact that baseball continues to stack important and relevant changes to how teams will approach the game in all areas of the game in 2023. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on The Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Follow all of the great content from Battery Power from Battery from the Battery Power Podcast Network at BatteryPower.com, at Battery Power SPN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Until next time, make sure you stick with us for the rest of this week for a great new episode from the podcast to be named later. I'll be back with you on Friday for the latest from spring training with the Daily Hammer and obviously the Battery Power Podcast flagship show this weekend wrapping up the week's activities. My name's Sean Coleman again. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Have a great start to your week. Go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.